Welcome back. Bill Michael show continues on. We're glad you're with us. Talking about Pat Murphy. We talked about uh, the Milwaukee Bucks. Talked some Packers. Uh, Terry Oshkosh says, Unit, thanks for discussing the issues Matt LaFleur had with the terminology of the nickel defense. Tell me this. If a D is in nickel, why not just run the ball if you're on the offensive side and the team isn't that good at stopping the run anyway, especially when some of these teams don't have great wideouts? Why would Joe Barry play nickel or dime at all? Um, boy, it gets into a convoluted question. Part of it is for the personnel group that they run out there. So if they're running four wides and only one tight end and a, and a back, then you can usually, via, first of all, you would like to cover all the wides and then have safety help over the top. So you're going to run a nickel. Um, but, but, yeah, I understand what you're saying. So if teams are better at running the football and they don't have great wideouts, why can't you just cover them man-to-man on the outside and then stuff the run in the middle? I understand that. It, it just it depends on the personnel and, the, and, and what you've studied on film, what certain packages do, what they run out of their certain plays. It's a real chess match. It really is. There's certain situations, you know, it, it, the weakness of running nickel and dime is that when you pull that nose tackle or the extra linebacker off the field, if they do run the ball, it's then up to the guys that are fighting double teams and such up front to either have the guys crashing down from the outside, get the ball carrier from behind, or to have a safety recognize it. If you're not, if you're running single high safety to have a safety, recognize it and fill that gap, whatever. I mean, you got to fight through it. You got to be able to stuff the run, but it just, if they're going to run out four wides, you're going to run out of nickel or dime. If they're going to run just two wides and two tight ends and what have you, then it looks like they're going to run the ball. You put the extra nose tackle in because you want to be able to to handle what they're running at you on their front. It's, it's you know, the one thing about the nickel is and that they can also pass out of what would look to be a run front when you run nickel because then you're using your outside backers as down linemen, which means they're blocking and or crashing, which means you can also become susceptible to like a screen if you're coming upfield. So it's, it's a lot of chess match. That's why they always say, hold your edge, you know, keep your, keep your end. Don't over, don't overrun the play. You know, I, I mean, I can go on and on. I mean, you can look at many, so many different scenarios, but that's where offensive and defensive coordinators get paid the big bucks for what it is they're looking at. I saw and this what, clip of. Oh, well, I was just going to say I saw this clip of Matt Lafleur last night, and and while he is right, Bill, like they count as down linemen. Rashawn Gary and Preston Smith suck against the run. So what is he arguing about here? Like right. spiritually, or, or or you know maybe not by the letter of the law, but spiritually, Bill Huber and and these critics, or I guess it was Wildy, they're right. Like Rashawn Gary and Preston Smith aren't helping against the run, whether you call them a down lineman or not. Right, and that's that's the issue, and I've said that before, and I know it drives. People inside the walls at 1265 crazy, I guess, apparently, when people say this or I say this. But when you're yanking T.J. Slayton and the guys off the field and you're going with just Kenny Clark and Devontae Wyatt and you've got a single linebacker and then you're going with all defensive backs beyond that, you're really vulnerable. Big bodies can lock you up and they, they, can, they can gas you. Now, the good news is, is that you should have enough speed on the field to be able to drag down a ball carrier. But we, we know at times we've seen these guys – 
go after ball carriers, and they're not the most fundamentally sound defensive backs in the world anyway, although they have played better. i got to give them credit for that. But it, it, I get it. I, I, I understand what Matt LaFleur is saying because technically he's correct. But what we see, not just the media, but I'm talking we as fans, what we see is different. It's like, no, you are already starting out with a hole in the middle, and that's where they're running the football. You've already got a hole in the middle. And then on top of it, you you usually have a linebacker that's missing, and they're going nickel or dime, and and you're they're not even getting contact for three four yards down the field. When you're a traditionally a team that can't stop the run anyway, so I get what you know Wildy and and Bill Huber and everybody are saying because it's a legitimate legitimate question. But Matt Lafleur got caught up in the technology or the terminology rather than just saying philosophically, here's what we're doing. Well, they didn't. They didn't have Quay Walker. He's the one guy I actually feel somewhat confident. Like if you're asking a player that's not a defensive lineman to step up and make a play in the run game, it would be Quay Walker. But he wasn't available on Sunday. No, no. And he's been the guy that in this first year was maligned because he couldn't get off blocks from a center or such a center or guard downfield. He couldn't get off of them, and he was not a great run stopper. So now that's your only guy that is probably your most assured tackler, and he wasn't there either. So. It's a whole lot of do about X's and O's that a lot of us can clearly see, but instead it was brought to the forefront because he got bent out of bent out of shape over terminology and the use of the terminology, the words, and it's like okay, I, it, at that point you go okay, Matt, I get what you're saying, but the bottom line is you're susceptible up the gut to the run. You got two guys that aren't crashing the edges to stop the run. And you're running two down linemen against five offensive linemen, and they're not getting a job done. How do you stop the run? That's the question. And that's when Matt looks like a deer in the headlights and goes, well, you know, it's got to be a question for Joe, I guess. The Packers have given up the most 200 rushing yard games this season. And I can go back and specifically look at which games. three or four? It's, well, let me open Bill's story, but my point was going to be is two of the games that I know of for sure are against the Steelers and the Falcons, and the Steelers and the Falcons have terrible quarterbacks. You should have expected yeah. those teams to try to run the ball on you. That's what's frustrating. Right. You know, if the Chiefs, yep. if you build a game plan to stop Patrick Mahomes and they run the ball up the gut, okay, you got to pick your poison, but Kenny Pickett and uh, Desmond Ritter, Desmond Ritter's been benched. Those guys weren't going to hurt you. No, I agree. Uh, 100%. I agree. I, I, I don't. To, to give up the run the way they have and to worry. Joe Barry's philosophy is and has been and probably will always will be. Don't let anything get behind you. He plays. Now, defensively, they've been better, so I'm not going to completely sit here and malign the defense because it's basically like, hey, look, over here, our defense has given up 200 yards, but, oh, by the way, our offense can't get out of its own way. So they want you to look over here. But I'll say this. The – the fact that the defense in Joe Barry's philosophy is keep everything in front of you. The problem with that is they die death by a thousand cuts often, often. And it's great to say that, well, you know, you've made progress here in the offense and you, boy, it was a, there's no moral victories. I understand it, but this and this is, this is good, but you gave up 200 yards rushing again. And I think this is the fourth, third or fourth time they did it against the Falcons um it's the third time according to bill huber was the the stat guy that dug this up that's his department yeah no i i i believe it was the third time because it was detroit 
Was it Detroit? That re- two teams ran for 211 yards. The yeah. Falcons and somebody else. Falcons, Detroit. Detroit, and Steelers. It's got to be. Yeah. And then the Steelers ran for 204. So it was because twice in a couple of weeks, they gave up 211 yards rushing. Exactly. So I, but, but yeah, uh, as Bill Huber said, making progress is nice, but it's time past time for the Packers to start winning games. Uh, there's absolutely no reason to be three and six with the toughest stretch of the season now upcoming. And I 100% agree with him. 877-867-1670-877-867-1670. We got uh, some time to take some uh, uh, calls if you'd like to. We got some buy or sell, by the way, coming up here at the bottom of the hour. And then uh, we'll have some, what do we miss? coming up at the end of the program. But uh, if you want to chime in on any of this today, because it's wide open, we'll, we'll kind of, we've been, we've been pretty much interview and, and, and tape stuff heavy. So this hour we'll kind of open it up. So if you want to chime in, please feel free to go ahead and do so. 877-867-1670. Matt says, well, I 100% agree with you. This team is garbage. They're so worried about the little things and not worried about the big picture. Uh, it's time to clean house. By the way, did you see that Yingling beer is coming to Wisconsin? Uh, I don't know where that came from, first of all. But uh, on one hand, I agree. On the other hand, I uh, Yingling beer has been something that's traditional. You can get like when I go to Indiana or I go back and see my kids uh, back in Ohio, I get an order for the stuff. It's like five cases. There's Yingling Lager and Yingling Hershey's made with Hershey's chocolate, and those two beers. As a matter of fact, I have some cases here, but apparently, I guess they're going to start doing something with it in Wisconsin or in Milwaukee, I guess. So I guess it's going to be starting to be brewed here or something. So I would assume that means that eventually you're going to be able to get it here in the state. But that's like beer Tourette's on the program. (laughs) So thank you. Oh, that's good stuff. I appreciate it. Uh, This is uh, out of the diehard Packer fan group. And I love this group. Uh, Sometimes they put stuff up that is just like wacky and I don't understand it. And I don't even know where some of the statements come from. Uh, but this was, uh, what is everybody so worried about? We figured this would be a down season for the offense anyway. Why are so many p- people picking on Jordan Love? And Lee, it's who's picking on him? What, what do you, the, the term picking means we're big bullies and we're picking on him like personally. Who's picking on him? That's what I want to know. What do you what do you con- constitute being picking? I I guess I I don't I don't know I don't know what to tell you. It's if I guess if you want everybody to blow green and gold smoke up your rear end, I you've come to the wrong place. Or maybe you're listening to other people. I I don't know. I don't know what picking is. I don't know what picking is. Josh says, uh, I see the Buffalo Bills fire, fired their offensive coordinator. Isn't he the guy that had the meltdown in the booth? He is. He is. Uh, yes, Ken Dorsey was the guy that – I don't even remember what game that was, but he was the guy that, like, threw his headset down and was smashing stuff, and he got all pissed off. Yes, that's him. He is now – he's now out. He's looking for a job. You are correct. Uh, Jake says, uh, the most beautiful gift I got – was a set of tickets to go to this weekend's game. Haven't been to Lambeau Field in almost 22 years. I'm excited. Where will you be after the contest? Going to be at Burkle's one block over. Don't forget, we always do the Green and Gold postgame show live from there uh, for every Packers home game. So, Jake, if you uh, can, first of all, congratulations. Whoever gave you the tickets, that's, that's spectacular. And it looks like the weather's going to be okay. 
But uh, it, come on over. Burkle's one block over. It used to be the old champions right behind Stadium View. So come on by. we glad to say hello to you. Uh, take a listen to the show. Get some food and whatever. Take a load off. But uh, absolutely. Good. Uh, hopefully you come by and say hi. But congratulations on getting your tickets. Seriously. Uh, we'll open up the phone lines. If you want to chime in, feel free to give us a shout. we got a lot more, a lot more coming up, coming up right after this. Stay tuned. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Everywhere you look, from groceries to utilities to gas, prices keep going up. Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin can dramatically help lower your energy costs year-round by replacing drafty windows and doors in as little as six weeks. And now you can save even more by taking advantage of no interest and no down payment for up to 36 months when you order by November 30th. Bring the love of Wisconsin's outdoors in through the beauty and quality craftsmanship of Pella Windows and Doors. Whether you're updating or upgrading the look and comfort of your home, Pella has extensive lines of customizable options to meet your needs and your budget. Replacing drafty windows and doors can dramatically lower your energy costs. Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin offers some of the most energy efficient windows in the industry. 0% interest and no down payment for up to 36 months when you order by November 30th. Set your free in-home consultation today at PellaWI.com. Certain restrictions apply. See showroom for details. Offer ends 11 of three segments to go before uh, we get out of here today on this nice Tuesday. Don't forget tomorrow night we got the Bill Michaels huddle back at it. And uh, then coming up this weekend, we are going to be uh, at Burkle's one block over live for the post game show, the Green Eagle post game show taking place. Uh, going to be in Rhode Island, Boston, uh, coming up for the Green Eagle post game show immediately. Yes, we are going to be here immediately following on Thanksgiving Day, the uh, Packers and the Lions. And uh, we'll be back at uh, Lambeau Field shortly. And then don't forget, coming up December 13th, we are going to be in Viroqua for the huddle. Going to be at the Norwegian Hollow. That's December 13th. If you're out in the area, whether you're in La Crosse, Vernon, Jackson County, any one of that area, any that area, West Salem, Westby, uh, come on by all the way down in Kickapoo. Come on by. We're going to be doing the, uh, the Bill Michaels Huddle live on Wednesday night, December 13th. We are going to be in Viroqua uh, doing the show there. New Year's Eve, the Green and Gold postgame show, and the watch party is going to take place. New Year's Eve party at uh, Boondocks, uh, Barbecue Burgers and Brews. That's in Oconomowoc out in Stonebank. And we got others that are going to be upcoming as we enter into the new year. And then also it culminates as we then head to Las Vegas. Myself and the staff, Mike Clemens and company, are uh, going to be heading out to Vegas. And we're going to be there for uh, the Super Bowl this year as well. So all of that on the road upcoming. We're going to be traveling quite a bit, but hopefully – we're going to be in a town near you, and you can come out and see the program. Say hello. We would love to have you. Love to have you come by and say hi. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. 
Uh, if you want to find us, please feel uh, free. Go ahead and do so. 877-867-1670. Mark says, what about this team does the Packers brass not get? It's an adequate team, and adequacy is never going to win in the National Football League. Brian Gutekunst has, has assembled and acquired talent that is adequate. Uh, does Mark Murphy need to step in and fire the general manager so we can start getting better talent here? Otherwise, this rebuild is going to last forever and ever. Mark, they're going to evaluate all of that at the end of the season. Um, if I had to pick, okay, if I sat here today and said this is what I would do, uh, I do have to ask what level of talent there is in the field and have Matt LaFleur, Brian Gutekinds, and company explain to me why the personnel you currently have is capable of winning games. Okay? First, because I that's important. Why do you believe this group, the way they are, are really and truly capable of winning games? They're not. So are you going to tell me that it's just the youth and the inexperience at the specialty positions via the wideouts and tight ends? My next question is going to be, well, maybe the first question actually is going to be, what about the quarterback? Have we seen enough? Do you think he? Do you think he's good? You have to answer that question. Is this the guy? Because if it's not, you got to start thinking about something different. Whether it's a true quarterback competition or how high you're going to draft in the draft, making a trade, moving around, whatever. Is this the guy? The next thing, I and I, there's going to be a trickle-down effect, of course, but, you know, as you start to evaluate the players, you're going to evaluate the coaches. Again, having a team that is one of the worst-ranked teams at stuffing the run, you have to ask, is it the players or is it the coaching? You're not going to get rid of every player. Chances are you're going to get rid of the guy that you wanted to get rid of last year. He's going to be out the door. So Joe Barry will go. Now, the offense, Matt LaFleur, you're responsible for that. Is this offensive line capable? And if not, is Butkus gone, Stenovich gone? Are you cleaning house? Are you bringing in new guys? And remember, you know, while he has a contract, if the results don't change and change for the better, then you might be bringing in coordinators and coaches for a, a one-year one guy. You know, you have to think about that. But I, I think it starts with the evaluation of the guy that's putting the talent out there. Because if I'm Mark, Mark Murphy, I'm sitting here going, convince me why anybody at this point in time should be sticking around. Tell me where the talent is. Evaluate your job. You know, Matt LaFleur, do you have enough talent? Matt's going to look and go, no, we got adequate guys. I don't know if we have enough talent. I'm looking at Brian. Let's go through your drafts. Who's an impact player? We've done it on this show. Who's an impact player? Who's going to a Pro Bowl? Who has shined? Who has been, who's been coachable? Who's been coached up? Rashawn Gary? We keep landing on him. Rashawn Gary. Kenny Clark. Devontae White and Quay Walker, I think, have opportunities to do some growing. You've been pretty good in the free agent market. Jair's been banged up. He's had somewhat of a down season, though. Your secondary, including Stokes, is not great. 
who you know what do you what you got going on? Russell Douglas was the guy you brought in. You, you were tremendous in finding him and Rudy Ford at the right time at the right place, and then he becomes one of your better defenders. We got rid of him for more draft choices. So should I allow you to be the guy making the draft choices? Uh, you know. So to answer your question, coming into the end of the season, all that's going to be evaluated. Nobody's getting fired right now. They're not going to do that. That's you know. What's it going to change? What's it going to change? Right. You, you, what you're trying to find out right now is who's still engaged, who's coachable, and what their belief is. You know, is the, the belief is was it a moral victory? Are you getting a little bit better? Was there something to build on against Pittsburgh? Or are you kind of fooling yourself? Because, you know, now here's the one thing. For for the Chargers, Chargers aren't that great of a football team. Their offense is pretty good. Their defense is not. Can you move the ball against this team? Can you look better? You hope. But what happens if you get beat? And what happens if they actually put it together against you and you get beat handily? Say it's a 27-10 game. You're at home. Again, the offense... You know, because remember, the last time they were at home, they got booed off the field the first half. And it would have been a lot worse had they not made that field goal just before half. So do I want to see empty seats and the team getting booed off the field? You know? And then let's say you do go into Detroit. What happens if the next two games are just you get dump trucked? Then what? Let's go to Dan listening to us in Eau Claire. Dan, how you doing today, man? What's going on? Yeah, I was just going to say that, you know, Jordan Love can, or I should say LaFleur can call the play, but it's Jordan Love's job to kind of improvise after the play is called. He doesn't improvise as much as Barb and Rogers did out of the pocket. I think that's where he's got to kind of work on. Yeah, he's uh, he's got to get to – I don't think he's to the point yet that he can just start calling out all the audibles and changing the play at the line of scrimmage. I mean, he's got some leeway, and sometimes maybe you go to the play with an – go to the line of scrimmage with an either-or. Uh, but, yeah, I agree with you. It, it, he's got to gain a little bit more knowledge. But along the way, you have to evaluate what he's doing anyway, technically anyway. So then you start to question, is he that good? Is he not that good? Is it just the fact that he doesn't have the ability mentally to improvise or see what's there? So all that's going to be uh, be looked at at the end of the season. I don't think that he he just has that time clock in his head yet of uh, three to four seconds before he has to kind of make his own game after that yet. Yeah. Yep. No doubt, man. Appreciate the phone call. Here's the one thing to think about. Mike Clemens brought something up. And did everybody watch it? Did, was it in the back of your mind this past game against Pittsburgh? Mike Clemens had asked Matt LaFleur, he said, Matt, there's numerous plays where Jordan loves 15 yards back off the line, off the line of scrimmage. That's his drop back. That's his drop back. So, and Matt said, no, no, anything more than 10 yards is, you know, not, not unacceptable. All of a sudden you just wonder if it's, if they just didn't notice that Mike did. We were talking about it in the press box. Like, God, why is he so deep? He's he's already throwing a 20-yard pass, and he's he's only throwing a five-yard out, <laughs> you know? Why is he dropping so far back? But two things that I think I think I would do. Uh yeah, I would start out and hurry up. Just get get the de- get the defense on the heels and get the offense into a rhythm and then settle it down. They're better when they're working with one personnel 
where it's quick dropbacks, quick reads, quick outs, quick passes, and just getting guys into a rhythm. Get guys the ball. Get them lathered up a little bit. And then go from there. 877-867-1670. If you want to hit us up, please feel free. Go ahead and do so again. 877-867-1670. Wolfman wants to know how long the terms are for the Packers. President Murphy has held that position for a long time. Um, You get elected uh, and approved. And then after that, the board evaluates every year. And uh, Bob Harlan held it for a long time too. So you you know they, because Mark's only been there what. Fourteen years, thirteen, fourteen years. Bob was taking uh, was taking the step back, and Mark was coming in, when Brett Favre. Had stepped away because it was Mark Murphy that accepted the trophy, on the podium. So Mark's been there maybe 15 years, I want to say, something like that. But you go and you get evaluated every year by the board. And they either, either vote to keep you or vote to, to let you go. Or you get to a certain age and then it's time to retire. So that's that's kind of how the terms are, so to speak. 877-867-1670. Hit us up. We got buy or sell coming up right here at the bottom of the hour right after this. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Michael show on this Tuesday. Um, what am I looking at here? Oh, I'll give you that later. Uh, the uh, updated odds for Super Bowl AFC and NFC just came across. So I'll give you that uh, coming up in the next segment. Get into that stuff. Uh, this portion of the program, by the, by the way, brought to you by our friends at the Water Doctors. H2, the letter O, doctors.com, the Connecticut water softening system. The best that's out there, hands down. I was uh, down yesterday. And there's a room behind the, my bar where I, the water softening system is. And I, just, I was just down there kind of cleaning up and everything. And I had just thrown two bags of salt in there maybe a month and a half ago. And there's still a little bit left. I mean, it's time for me to get another bag. But it doesn't go through a ton. It only runs on the pressure um, that, uh, that uh, you know, is, is in your system and the water that's in your system. But it always keeps your water soft. And it's just, it's so good. I, I, I can go on and on and about it. But uh, check out our friends at the Water Doctors, h2thelettero.doctors.com, h2odoctors.com. Some breaking news. The owner of the uh, Padres has died at the age of 63. Peter Seidler uh, has, uh, has passed away at the age of 63. So, Padres owner. You always wonder when an owner passes away what uh, that's going to do uh, with the trust and the teams and such. And so, anyway, I just thought I'd bring that up, but I just saw that across the wire a couple minutes ago that the Padres owner has passed away. All right, now uh, we got to get into it. So, uh, it is time now for a little bit of buy or sell. 
Bill, I want to circle back to, not to play favorites. I've loved every moment of the show today, but I think one of my favorite parts of the show was when we were looking at the AFC and NFC standings, especially the AFC standings. Very interesting. So I want to circle back to that for one topic in buy or sell. And I want to focus on two teams, the Cowboys and the Jags, because both teams are six and three. They're looking like they're going to get good playoff seeds. They're going to win a lot of regular season games, but they've both been blasted by the Niners. And that was a big moment for both teams. We're like, "Uh, I don't know about the Jags. I don't know about the Cowboys. So Bill, let's start with this. Buy or sell. The Cowboys and the Jags are going to win a lot of games in the regular season. Get a good seed. But you can't see either of them going the distance as a legit contender. No, I, I can't. Uh, I, I really love Jacksonville, too. And I love, I, I'll tell you this, I love Jacksonville even more because of their coach, to be honest with you. Now, Jacksonville, correct me if I'm wrong, they lost earlier this year to the Chiefs, but it was a close game. It was like that second week or third week or whatever it was. But they beat the Bills. And after that, they really haven't played a tough team, Jacksonville has. Jacksonville, yeah, they beat the Colts, but they beat the Falcons. They beat the Colts again. They beat the Saints, and they beat the Steelers. Those are their wins along with, you know, twice the Colts and along with losing to the Chiefs, the Texans, and the 49ers. That Texans loss looks better, by the way. Texans beat the Bengals handedly. Yeah. So, do we look at... The Jacksonville Jaguars with their record, even though their record's good and you got to play who's on your schedule, do you look at this and go, I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know if I got a lot of belief in them. Now, they've got coming up the Titans, the Texans, the Bengals, the Browns, and the Ravens. They got a murderer's row coming up. So I'll tell you, probably by when they get done with the Browns and the Ravens. And that Ravens game is a Sunday night game. If they, When they get done with the Ravens, if they've got, say, out of those next five games, if they're three and three and two in the next five, I'll be impressed because that's, that's, a, that's a tough road to go because the Cincinnati game is at home, the Texans game's on the road, the Titans game's at home, the Browns game's on the road, and that Ravens game is in Jacksonville as well at home. If they're three and two coming through that, I'll be more impressed with that because then all they'll have left is the Panthers and the Titans. A little mini buy or sell here. I want to ask you about Trevor Lawrence. Buy or sell, in three years, his career will be in a higher spot than Dak Prescott or Kirk Cousins have ever been. Um, I like Trevor Lawrence, but I'm kind of yeah. waiting for the really spe- – we get lots of very good, but I'm waiting for great. I mean, we've seen great so from will Stroud. He be- Will he be closer to Dak Prescott and Kirk Cousins in the regular season, or will he be closer to Justin Herbert with all the potential but never achieving it? I think he's actually going to be better. So I would say he's closer to Dak and Kirk, but he's already got a win in the postseason. Mm -hmm. Kirk's got one. Dak only has one. He's already on their level Yeah. when it comes to postseason wins. So – I'll say he's better. I'll say I'll say Trevor Lawrence is better than Dak Prescott and 
and Kirk Cousins because he will have more wins in the next two years in the postseason than those two guys. So you think the Jags are going to win some playoff games? All right, cool. That's, I think they are. Yeah. That's what I, I wanted to are. know. We don't need to get caught up in the comp with Dak and, and those guys, but I right. want to see special from Lawrence. Not sure we've seen it yet, but he's been very good. I haven't seen special, but I think he's going to get better. I, I think so, too. I think he's got a lot of room to grow. How about a Bucks question? I, I think that this is uh, something that I've been thinking about a lot. The Bucks are 6-4. and four. But the defense has been disorganized. Lillard and Middleton have missed games. Giannis missed a game because he got thrown out. Adrian Griffin got thrown out of a game. Buy or sell. The best case scenario for the Bucs is that they play really boring basketball. They beat the bad teams. They build chemistry slowly and get a little bit better every day. And the best case scenario is that the Bucs don't really give us a reason to talk about them until after Christmas. Oh, that'd be great. Right? That'd be great. <laughs> um, they don't, I mean... Who, who do they got coming up? Toronto and Charlotte. I can't remember after that. I don't know. They do have Boston. Um, is Boston that Wednesday night before Thanksgiving? I that's, think it is. That's what I'm doing the huddle for you, right? So I'll be screaming yeah. during the huddle, probably watching the Bucks game. Yeah. Because um, I had thought about it because I wanted to plan it that if I got into town, maybe I could get over to the, to the TD Center and watch that game. But I, I'm not going to get there in time. Our flight got delayed. So, um, yeah, I think that's that Wednesday night. So, anyway, long story short, uh, yeah, I agree. If, if they can just kind of hold their own. They, ha- they got Boston, but that's the only game between them and Boston and getting really, really tough teams, so to speak, mm-hmm. until you get to the mid-portion of December. Um, God, you play the Pacers three times between December 13th and January 3rd. Oh, there's a lot of familiarity. Yeah, you got a back-to-back with New York, uh, with the Knicks. Miami's so, eh, in there know. once, I yeah, guess. Yeah, Miami's in there once. Um, yeah, uh, look, if they can just kind of keep their, you know, if they keep going, I don't want to say six and four, but let's say they go three and two, three and two, three and two, three and two. They'll stack a lot of success, and then come the time that you really want to turn it on and maybe in the next uh, eight weeks you get Jay Crowder back or at least on track to come back, then maybe they get it all together. And uh, the, and plus, uh, like Jim Ozarski said, when you get Chris Middleton up to 30 minutes or more, that'll help tremendously. Just keep your head above water, keep swimming, and then really start to make the push as the season moves on. Yeah, I'm good with that. I'm with you as well. I, j- I just think when I've had the Bucks on in my apartment at night, it's like, hey, just win this game. Don't give us anything to talk about tomorrow. Because I think right. right now at this point in the season, if we're talking about the Bucks with everything going on with the Brewers and the Packers, it's probably bad. So if yep. we're not talking about the Bucks, I think that's By good. Yourself. Last question, and I'm actually going to play you a cut of audio here. I can't believe this happened Sunday night. I can't believe we haven't talked about it yet, which maybe that's my fault as the producer. Um, this is Melissa Stark during Sunday Night Football, talking about Aaron Rodgers and uh, his recovery from his Achilles tear. Mike, the last few weeks, Aaron Rodgers has been on the field throwing footballs pregame. Tonight, he stayed in the locker room instead, and I talked to him when he came out. He said he just wasn't feeling it. He told me he has been working on a weight-limiting treadmill, jogging at 50% of his body weight. His goal this week, to increase to 75%. He said he can drop back, he can cross over. He just has to be able to get up on his toe. He has to get his heel off the ground to start running. His goal to come back mid-December. He said, I know it sounds insane, but you do a good surgery, you have a good patient, it makes this possible. It's remarkable. So, Bill, I know he's not our quarterback anymore, but this is incredible theater. Uh, Buy or sell, Aaron Rodgers could actually come back this year, in your opinion. 
I think he could come back. I, I think this is what I think is going to happen. I think the Jets are going to remain somewhat relevant, uh, but it's probably not even going to he, – he's not even going to think about coming back, and they're not going to clear him to come back until right about the end of the season. And if they're in it, he'll come back. If they're not, he won't. I, I think if they're in it and they need him, okay, maybe he makes that, that triumphant return. But he's talking mid-December. I, I would be – for everything doctors have told me, and we looked into this, from everything they've told me, that there's just – you shouldn't because he could end up doing some real damage that would cost him another year, year and a half. So unless they're in it and they're re- they really got a shot, I can't imagine him coming back this season. I know he keeps talking about it. He was just on McAfee a little while ago talking about it. But I just I can't imagine it. Can't imagine it. After the Jets, they lost that close game the other night. I'm just checking the conference standings. The Jets are 13th. They're 4-5 and five, below the Chargers, the Raiders, right. the Bills. I just, I don't know. And I wonder... You know, based on what Robert Sala said the other day, he told reporters, I plead the fifth on why we're still starting Zach Wilson. You know, the Vikings added a quarterback. The Rams added a quarterback. Are, are for some reason, the Jets not adding a quarterback because Aaron Rodgers doesn't want him to? Like, this whole whole situation's bizarre. Uh, I I completely agree. And to me, there's the whole subplot of, let's say they did it. Let's say Dobbs goes in. Let's say they would have picked up Dobbs, and Dobbs lights it up like he's doing right now, and he's suddenly this fan favorite. Uh, for coming in and saving the season in such a Minnesota. And they're right there. They're right there behind Detroit for the top spot in the division. What happens if Dobbs goes there? And Dobbs is just getting it done. He's dynamic, and he's running all over the place, and he's showing mobility and everything that goes along with it. And then when Rodgers comes back, they're like, I don't know if we want to mess with the chemistry. Things are good right now. Why would we want to do that? You know what I mean? So I, I get the sense that they just said, no, let's ride it out. If we don't have Aaron, we don't have anybody. And kind of live with live with that. So I, uh, I, I don't think he's coming back, but I think it's been more of an inspiration to make guys think he's coming back, so they play hard. That way, if there is a possibility for him to maybe take over and play in a playoff game, then maybe he could do it. But I don't think he's coming back. Uh, let's do this. We'll step away. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, uh, we'll wrap it up. We'll wrap it up. Coming up next on the Bill Michael Show. Stay right where you're at. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Everywhere you look, from groceries to utilities to gas, prices keep going up. Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin can dramatically help lower your energy costs year-round by replacing drafty windows and doors in as little as six weeks. And now you can save even more by taking advantage of no interest and no down payment for up to 36 months when you order by November 30th. Bring the love of Wisconsin's outdoors in through the beauty and quality craftsmanship of Pella Windows and Doors. Whether you're updating or upgrading the look and comfort of your home, Pella has extensive lines of customizable options to meet your needs and your budget. Replacing drafty windows and doors can dramatically lower your energy costs. Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin offers some of the most energy efficient windows in the industry. 0% interest and no down payment for up to 36 months when you order by November 30th. Set your free in-home consultation today at PellaWI.com. Certain restrictions apply. See showroom for details. Offer ends 2023. 
Coming up December 8th and 9th, uh, our friends at Smoke on the Water, uh, they got an event coming up where they have a musical event happening. And it's going to be Zeno uh, and Joe and 2.0 and... Uh, on both nights, on uh, Friday night, December 8th, Saturday night, December 9th, uh, the uh, portion of the proceeds are going to go to Fisher House, Wisconsin, but it's kind of a Christmas concert slash rock concert. You get uh, a glass of champagne walking through the door. You get a couple of beverages on top of that, and you get heavy appetizers all night long, all for one price. And there's VIP packages that you can buy. There's single seats you can buy. But uh, get a hold of our friends at Smoke on the Water. I'm going to be out there doing the MC work on Friday night, December 8th, and I'm really looking forward to it. They always do something really cool. That room is is beautiful since they renovated it. It's right there on the water. But uh, Smoke on the Water, Okachi Lake, and we hope to see you out there. Again, we're going to be there. My whole crew is going to be there on Friday night, the 8th. And then they've got it again on uh, Saturday night, the 9th, so December 9th. So. Come on out, but uh, you can catch the show both nights uh, either way. But uh, the proceeds go to Fisher House, Wisconsin. So you know me. I'm all in for stuff like that. So thanks so much to Joe and Ellen Hennis and their whole staff for, you know, doing this and then deciding, hey, we'll give some of the proceeds to Fisher House. So that, that's just awesome. Just awesome stuff. Certainly appreciate it. But, uh, again, find Smoke on the Water. Smoke on the Water Barbecue. Uh, you can find them on Facebook. You can find them on Twitter. Just give them a call. But Smoke on the Water, Okachi Lake, right there on Wisconsin Avenue. And uh, their other property, actually, is Sloppy Joe's Saloon and Spoon. That's on Hubertus Road in Hubertus, Wisconsin. So both places, just spectacular. Really, really good stuff. So thanks to them. A uh, couple of different things uh, real quick. The updated odds for the Super Bowl uh, right now, they've come out. Kansas City, uh, top spot, 5-1. to one, 49ers, the exact same at 5-1. to one. Then Philadelphia, Baltimore, Dallas, Cincinnati, followed by Detroit. That's where things are right now. Uh, by the way, Detroit, Miami, Buffalo, or Detroit, Miami at 12 to 1. Buffalo has fallen now. Buffalo has fallen three straight weeks in a row. They started out the season at 19 to, 19 to 2, then went 10 to 1, then 7 to 1, then 9 to 1, then 12 to 1, 14 to 1, 16 to 1, now 22 to 1, as they continue to be kind of an enigma. Uh, over in the NFC, uh, they've got Philadelphia winning it. At 23 to 10, and the 49ers basically tied now in that spot at 23 to 10, followed by the Lions, then the Cowboys, then the Seahawks, then the Vikings. You don't even get to an NFC South team until you get to the Saints at 20, uh, 26 to 1. So, or 28 to 1, 28 to 1, excuse me. But uh, just interesting stuff coming out of betonline.ag and the gang out there in Vegas. But uh, just the updated odds just came across. And one more thing I wanted to mention. Uh, we did the uh, the poll yesterday. Uh, after nine games, do you believe that Jordan Love is the future quarterback of the Green Bay Packers? Yes, 32.7. No, 27.7. Still not sure, 39.6. That's interesting. That's interesting. All right, Grant, what else did we miss today? One thing that I bookmarked, I saw Charch tweeting about it earlier. The Vikings started 0-3, and since then their defense is ranked 4th in points per game, 5th in defensive efficiency, 5th in defensive EPA, 5th in takeaways, and 7th in yards per game. I bring this up because the Vikings actively looked to improve their defensive coordinator situation this offseason. I think their personnel got worse, 
and yet their defense has taken a massive jump, and Matt LaFleur is going to bat for Joe Barry, you know, and down linemen in his press conference. I just thought that those stats, that was interesting, seeing the Vikings turn around a little bit. Yeah, the Vikings, and that was one of the things that I thought was a key to their win over the 49ers when I watched that game, was their defense, like, surprised me. Oh, they yeah. They putting pressure on the quarterback. They got, they forced uh, Brock Purdy into a couple of mistakes. Uh, they were hitting hard at the point of contact. There weren't a whole lot of yards after the catch. I'm like, wow, this is just, they just got suddenly fundamental. And they're, they're just, they're they're aggressive, and the guys believe in it. And I was like, wow. And then when they came into Lambeau, it was you know, like that's a no brainer. They they were they were a good football team. But uh but man oh man, that's those are some daunting statistics that when you and again, when you've got a really good defense that can get you some turnovers, give you more bites at the apple, and and in addition to that, be able to to where your offense can go, okay, we can go out and just wing it and make a couple of mistakes because we've got a good defense to back us up. We don't have to be feel the pressure. That's huge. That's why it's like the defense this year, it's not good. But it's not terrible. It's just there. And they've given you opportunities and such, and I, I get all that. But, God, if this offense could do anything, anything that would be of consistency, this team would have a different a different record right now. I firmly believe that. They've also played a lot of bad quarterbacks. This Packers schedule, the defense hasn't had to go up against too many elite offenses. The Lions were one example, and the game was over in the first quarter. They still can't stop the run. And any team that can give up 200 yards on the ground on a week-by-week basis, you're not winning a championship with that defense or with that style of defense. I'm sorry. Absolutely. 100% agree. There you go. Thanks to, man, we had a plethora of stuff today. Thanks to Tim Allen, host of the Baseball Postgame Show in Milwaukee, for joining us. Jim Ozarski, our Bucks guy. Coming on for a little while, Sean Merriman, the former linebacker and uh, sack master, so to speak, for the uh, Chargers. Thanks to him for joining us as well and for you for being there. All of that good stuff. We had a good one today. Had a good one today. Until we talk again, which is uh, 20 hours from now. We got two shows tomorrow. We got the Bill Michael Suttle tomorrow night. That was uh, That's coming up tomorrow night, so don't forget about that. Until we talk again, time for us to go. Have a good one. Boom. Yeah.